This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I appreciate you being with me. It's September 27th, 2019. I think we have one more trading day left in in the qu- month and the quarter, and I think that's Monday. And, um, you know, it's been a very fascinating month. September is historically the worst month of the year. And it wasn't that great th- this month, but it wasn't that bad either. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything to, to, to be very scary about, I didn't think. Um, a lot of sideways movement, and, but in actuality, the, the month got just a little bit weaker, it looks like to me. Um, if I'm reading it right, it's about flat. It's flat enough. So that's what the month of market, month of September did for us. Uh, of course, there's always lots of things pushing the market, a lot of drivers, and it's always in the news. We had to watch the news and watch the economic statistics and what the politicians are doing, what world economies are doing, world politics. But that's what makes it so interesting. I really think it is. And um, today, uh, um, just so you know, I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me. I hope you'll call me as well. This is a call-in show. Uh, when you do that, we will help you with un- unbiased guidance as best we can. So give us a call. The number never changes, 888-99-CHART. And, of course, our goal here is to help you achieve financial freedom. We all want that, whatever it means for you and whatever it means for me. So I'm going to do the best I can this hour. But of course, I need your help. Your help, your calls drive the show, so that's why I need your help. What direction do you want to take? As long as it's financial, we'll go there. And again, the number 888-99 chart. And as you know, I spent a couple of days in New York last week, met with a number of people, and I had a lot of did a lot of talking. <laughs> you know, my voice gives out after a couple of days doing that. But I have rescheduled more appointments, one in San Jose for October 10th. October 10th, and another second New York trip on November 7th. So if you want to meet with me, you can go to investtalk.com, send me an email, leave a message on the phone, we'll do every way you want. But you got to register. And it's free. And again, it's investtalk.com, just send me an email. My main talking point today concerns this particular headline. According to prominent analyst Morgan Stanley, the the Fed, the Federal Reserve, will need to grow its balance sheet. Grow its balance sheet permanently. Why is that? Now, they say they need to stabilize short-term lending, the repo market. This is like adding, the repo market is like uh, grease on wheels. It helps help the financial system move. Okay, so that's what the repo market does. It pumps money in in the short-term basis so people, you know, businesses who need it on a short-term basis can borrow it, pay it right back, but they need it for a week or a day or whatever. You know, it's that kind of thing. That's what the repo market market is. And it dried up a few weeks ago, and the Fed had to step in and reliquify it real fast. So they're saying, the, the, the Morgan Stanley is saying that they need to do this on a permanent basis. Now, why would they have to do that? I got my own theories on that, by the way. And of course, I got other things I want to talk about. Um, how do you know you will have a good retirement? I'm going to list five things that, that will let you know if you'll have a good retirement. 
I'm going to list all five things. Okay, also, there's a, there's, did you know that the older people scam, scams directed at older people, which is what they usually are, 50% are unaware that they're being targeted and scammed. They're unaware of it. So I want to talk about the different kinds of scams that are out there. They have names to each one of these. Okay. And also, what is the number one best job out there? The number one, and this is based on job satisfaction and salary. And this, the number one is $108,000 a year. And do you know there's lots of openings? I have the one through five. And there's lots of openings for these jobs. So those are the things, I, and I, I did want to mention Social Security and the COLA, Cost of Living Adjustment Number, that's going to come up next next year, and talk about that just a little bit, because it's kind of, it's that COLA is not right. So we kind of already know that, but I want to, I got some information on why it's not right. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about. So the market was up today. I mean, I'm sorry. The market was down today. The Dow was down 71. The Nasdaq down 91, and the S&P down 16. It was up at the beginning of the day, but didn't couldn't hold it. Couldn't hold it. So you know, this just whole week just kind of reflects the whole month of September. Kind of just sideways doing nothing. Today is Friday, so I'm going to have highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. But now let's go ahead and take a live call from Leon in San Jose. How are you doing, Leon? Good. Thank you for taking my call, Steve. Um, I have a question about one company, Teva or Teva. I do not know how you pronounce that. I remember you dumped it around 17. What's your take on that today when it's like six, seven dollars? Okay, well, it it looks like a very deep value stock at this point. In other words, they're going to make $2.36 this year, $2.50 next year, and it's a $6.92 stock. And the, the earnings are going down, and this is why the problem exists. Also, remember what Teva does. It's a, a Israeli developer of generic specialty and over-the-county drugs and active pharmaceutical ingredients. And, of course, the you know everybody who has anything to do with the opioid problem is getting sued, and Teva is not not being left out of that. They've been sued. So you have a couple of big overhangs on Teva, those lawsuits, and sales are shrinking. Even though it's the world's largest specialty drug maker, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, a, a, a generic drug maker. So the question is, is this a value trap? Or in other words, is this company going to go out of business? That's really what you need to worry about. If it does not go out of business, it's going a lot higher. Let me put it that way. How could it go out of business? Well, maybe the lawsuits will swamp them. They have so many lawsuits, they can't afford to pay them. What, you know, and the sales, what if, why are they keep shrinking? And they can't, they got to stop that shrinkage. So they had a lot of debt because they purchased a lot of products. You know, there was a lot of, they did a lot of buying and when they were doing well, now they got debt they got to deal with. So they got problems, but if they survive, it's going much higher than. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Teva, Teva Pharmaceuticals, symbol T-E-V-A. I'm Steve Peasley and we present this program. Uh, 
Five new shows every day, every weekday, Monday through Friday at the 4 o'clock hour on Pacific Time, 4 to 5. And so, that, of course, we're, we also live stream live the show at the same time. I hope you'll be one of the one of the members, one of the members who calls me, one of the listeners who calls me and asks questions. This is, this is what we want to do. Even if you can't do it during the show, you can do it after the show. We try real hard to get to all the recorded questions. We really do. And I w- and if, you, if you're a podcast listener, that's great. We'd like you to subscribe if you would. And you can rate us and let us know on Spotify or Google Play or you know um, Apple Play. Any one of those. I'm taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. Welcome to an Invest Talk Friday. September will soon be over. The new month starts on Tuesday. The markets have reacted to the changing stakes in the U.S.-China trade battle, and Steve Peasley is here to answer your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Okay, real quick, let's go through some of the numbers. The two-year treasury and the 10-year treasury are still on a normal yield curve. In other words, they're not inverted. So the two-year pays 1.65% and the 10-year pays 1.7%. Long-term should always pay longer, more than short-term. So that's normal. Gold at $14.91 an ounce. Oil at $55.85 a barrel. Gasoline still around two sixty-five, dollars except for here in California. 30-year mortgage fixed rates at 3.46%. Now, home sales are at near record record highs. Some people can remember their fixed mortgage rates as high as 12%. I'm one of those people. I paid 12 and a quarter for my first 30-year fixed mortgage back in New Jersey. Okay, it got as high as 16%, by the way. So I thought I had a great deal. That was uh, at the time of the housing crisis in 2008. The 30-year fixed mortgage was 6.03% on average. So in the last week, new mortgage applications dropped by 10%. But, you know, week to week, it's very, you know, it can be it can vary week to week. It, you really can't do that. But if you now look at over a year period, you can see that mortgage applications are up 9% above a year ago. So that's more of a realistic comparison. And the GDP was quote unquote revised, but it really didn't get revised. But the report that was supposed, you know, that comes out, they always revise it twice after coming out with the initial number, and it's still at two percent. So that's what's going on with some of the numbers. Anyways, let's go ahead and grab another call on our listener line, eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi guys, this is Mike from Nevada calling into the show. I saw an interesting article on CNBC. The guy from the big short, Michael Burry, who called the subprime mortgage crisis, came out with information saying there's a new bubble in ETFs because about half of the market is in these passive ETFs. When sell-offs are going to happen, it's going to happen in, in mania fashion is what the article basically alludes to. want to know what your guys' thoughts are on that and ETFs being maybe a little more susceptible to runs. Would love to hear your answer on the show. Thanks. Well, I've mentioned this before. I've been speculating, worrying about the massive amount of money into index funds. Not necessarily just ETFs, but because of the onset of ETFs, it's just made the problem worse. 
because before you would buy into mutual funds if you wanted to buy an index, and the mutual fund would manage the index, but the mutual fund always had a cash cushion there, you know, five percent maybe, you can get big, maybe as high as ten, and that cash cushion allowed what people who wanted to cash out and get, get their money back. Well, the the uh, mutual fund could sell it and give you, you know, they didn't have to sell anything. They just paid, took it out of the cash and paid you your money back. But ETFs are a different animal. When you buy an ETF, you can sell it intraday. You can sell it right this minute. They're fully invested 100% of the time. So what happens there is when the run happens on the downside, it's going to feed on itself because if you sell your ETF that's an S&P 500 fund, they had to sell some stocks to pay you back. Multiply that times everybody else trying to do the same thing all at the same time. And that's what he's talking about. And I've been speculating about that problem for some time. I wouldn't call it a bubble. I just call it maybe we're, we are over-invested into, uh, into these uh, too many ETS, too many index funds, and too many people are invested in them where there's no control of a manager saying, no, we're not going to sell that. No, they have to be sold. Things have to be sold. So it is a, it could be a problem. We've never experienced this. This is the problem. This has never happened where we had so many people invested in index funds, especially ETFs. Never had that before. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So this is a mess talk, everybody. And, of course, I have an invitation for you. We have a Wealth Management Conference coming up. The, t- the title is Earning Yield in a No-Yield World. We're going to talk about real estate, stocks, and bonds. Justin Klein and I will lead the event. But we're also going to have a couple of real estate experts there and a trust attorney there. So we're going to have some, some interesting things going on. So this is this two weeks away, everybody, October 12th. It's October 12th, a Saturday morning in Irvine, California, office where we are called the boardwalk you can learn more at the and now i'm taking your financial investment questions live 888-99-CHART your objective is to work hard plan well and achieve financial freedom right you're in luck because steve peasley is here now Ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. What's going on, guys? I uh, love your show. I have a question about a stock thing that I invest in. The name of the company is Bloom Energy. The ticker symbol is BE. They deal with natural gas and uh, clean electricity. What do you think about this stock? Thank you. I don't really care for it. I'm sorry to tell you that. Bloom Energy Corp is about a one-year-old IPO a year ago. The IPO came out around $23, dollars $25, and today it's at $3.46 and one year later. It doesn't make money. It's never made money. It's not going to make money. See, don't buy stocks that don't make money. I mean, remember, that's my cardinal rule. And this is a perfect example of an IPO that everybody's all excited about when it comes out because the IPOs were hot a year ago. And look where it happened to it. This is typical. This should be worth $3.40 or less. Now, sales are growing, but they're not, they're not turning around earnings yet. So I don't really care for it. It has negative cash flow. It's, 
you know, it distributes, it's Bloom Energy generates and distributes renewable energy so and it supplies electricity to the residential commercial area, generates renewable energy. Those companies don't make money yet. Most of them don't. Stay away from them as an investor. Okay, that was a BE, the symbol. Okay, my main talking point today concerns the headline. According to the prominent analyst at Morgan Stanley, the Fed will need to grow its balance sheet permanently. Remember, the balance sheet got up to what four trillion plus dollars, and they were letting they were letting the bonds mature and not replace them. They're going to let the the the, the balance sheet run off. But all of a sudden, a couple of weeks ago, the repo market, which is you know a market that many many corporations companies use for short-term lending purposes. And, you know, it just helps grease the wheels of the financial. There's not a lot of risk in that repo market, but it's needed by a lot of companies. And if they don't get it, what happens, that slows down the velocity of money in the system, which slows down the entire economy. Now they're saying, uh, the you know, people like Morgan Stanley are saying that the Fed may have to permanently have help the repo market with flooding money in every so often, and therefore in, that would increase their balance sheet to do that. And my question in my mind is why? Basically, why is that necessary? And the answer, I think, is because we are so indebted. One of the reasons is we're so in debt. Our economy is so much in debt. It issues a lot of a lot of debt out there. I, I, we didn't have this problem before. What's what making it? What's happening now that's producing this problem? And if I was smarter, I could give you an exact answer, but I don't. No one really knows why all of a sudden. Maybe they're, they're just you know people are frightened. The financial the financial market is just not normal. And because it's not normal, we are having unusual things happen. And this is one of the unusual things. I don't have an answer for you. It's just not healthy. I can tell you that. To have to have the Federal Reserve always having a balance sheet, a big balance sheet. Before before the financial crisis we had in 2008, we didn't, we didn't have, the Federal Reserve rarely had any balance sheet. Why would it need money on its balance sheet? Well, all of a sudden, because it's got to engineer the financial market. And it keeps interfering in the financial market because it wants to keep it flowing and going and all that stuff. But why? What is the underlying problem that we need to have that happen? Anyways, 888-99-CHART. Let's keep the show going. Uh, our listen line is 888-992-4278. You can call anytime you want. Hi, my name is Andre. I got a question about ETFs and mutual funds. I was wondering when is a good time to buy into an ETF or mutual fund? I know with stocks we can look at uh, like the PE and the price of sales and company earnings and stuff like that. But uh, with ETFs, is it just a matter of looking at the chart and buying it on a downslope? Also, is there any advantage over ETF or mutual funds, say if it's, for example, ticker symbol VIG, the Vanguard Dividend Appreciation ETF, has the same ETF in the form of a mutual fund? Is there any advantage to buying either or? Looking forward to the answer. Thank you. Not really if they're the exact same. Uh, the mutual fund does the same thing as the ETF, and if it's focused on dividends, it's not really an advantage except 
which one is lower cost? Vanguard is a lower cost family anyways. Very low cost funds that they have. So, you know, you just buy the lowest cost if they're doing the exact same thing. And the answer to your question, when to buy them? Well, of course, the best time to buy anything in the stock market is in the depths of a recession. The depths of a recession. But we go years and years and years with no recession, and it's going up. So, for most people, you know, it's just dollar cost average into the market over periods of time, you know, or buy the dips, you know, that will work. And what's a dip? Well, a normal correction is 10%. We usually have one a year of that magnitude. That would be normal. Um, so you, you could do that, but time to time the market is almost is almost impossible. Okay, almost impossible. Since the housing crisis of 2008, mortgage rates have consistently stayed under 6%. As we go to break, here's my financial trivia question for this show. Over the last 48 years, in which year did the rate on a 30-year fixed mortgage hit bottom? And in which year was it at its highest point? I'll have the answer for you after the break. Now I'm taking your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Invest Talk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking with shared success. We have some important calendar dates for you. First, Steve Peasley is taking reservations for his no-cost portfolio reviews. The next availability will be October 10th in San Jose and then November 7th in New York City. And the next KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference will be held in Irvine, California on October 12th. That is a Saturday. You can learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Okay, before the break, uh, I asked a trivia question. Over the last 48 years, 48 years, in which year did the rate of the 30-year mortgage fixed rate, fixed rate bottom? Now, I remember doing this because I bought a house during this period. I just don't remember which exact year. I don't. So, which was the highest the year that it was the highest and the year it was the lowest. Here's the answer. Using interest rate data from Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey, over the past 40 years, interest rates on the 30-year fixed rate have ranged from a low of 3.31% in 2012 and a high of 18.63 in 1981. I was going to have to buy a house, 30-year fixed mortgage at 18.63%. I don't think people these days, younger people, think that would be insane and no one would ever buy a house at that rate. And they'd be wrong. 
market was the housing market was was you know it was tough, but it was still going. There was houses being I bought at twelve and a quarter. So, so you know, so you know, the, you know, the thirty-year mortgage is the standard mortgage that most people get, and the reason that that they do do that because it helps them pay for it. They can it, it makes the monthly payment less expensive. So my question is, why don't we do 40 and 50 year mortgages? Why don't we have that? I'm not sure why not. Right? I mean, as long as someone has equity in the house, you can make a loan on that length of time. I don't know why. Anyways, what do you think the rate on the 30 year fixed mortgage was in the milestone years of, let's say, 2000 when the dot com uh, blew up on us and crash. It was 8.05 percent. How about 1990? Remember 1990? 10.13 10, 10. percent. 1980, it was 13.74. So it's dropped from that high of 18 percent for years and years and years and bottom in 2012. Interesting, huh? 888-99-CHARTERS, our number. The KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed today. And, of course, it has four sections in it. Market conditions is the first section. Um, you know, and, you know I, I, told, I talked about the market turning sideways, which it did and it has been doing. And Actually, if you go back long enough, uh, back to last September, the market has not really done anything since then, since the high of last September. Done darn thing. Uh, we talked. I talked about an earnings recession that we've been in, and will we have another one this earnings season, which is just coming up? Mentioned that, and of course, the big news was the Chinese trade deal, or the lack thereof between China and the U.S. And I think that's really the overhang on our market. So if, if if that doesn't go away, it could just linger, linger, and linger, and that will affect the market. It may not go up. I mean, it may not go down, but it's not going to go up. It's, it's making earnings for corporate America. Remember what drives, and this is in the newsletter, what drives the market is earnings and the expectations of future earnings. In the portfolio management section, remember, I have four sections in this newsletter, and they're not long. You can read it within 10, 15 minutes, you're done. And you have a good overview of the whole week. Um, I talked about, you know, investment vehicles and the ease of purchase and diversification and man and how to find them and what, what kind of things you look for when you buy them. So stock ideas, a large private health insurance company was in there. Um, I also talked about a pizza company. And, you know, there's one company, one of the pizza companies that has very good numbers, really. And that's the one I talked about. So that's a premium newsletter that I go out. There's a lot of valuable information. It's called the KPP Premium Newsletter, and it comes out every week. It's easy to subscribe. Just go directly to investtalk.com. Okay, you'll get the report every mail, every week, every Friday in your email box. Okay. Okay. Um, how do you know you'll have a good retirement. How do you know that you will have or are going to be in a good retirement? Here's five things you can ask yourself. And if the answer is yes, I, I that's me, then you're gonna have a good retirement. Number one, you don't need a retirement calculator. 
Why? Because it's obvious you've saved enough money. If you've saved enough money, you don't need to worry about a retirement calculator, right? Why would you buy? When people have to, well, I got to get a retirement calculator and figure it out, then they don't have enough money. Social Security will cover your fixed cost, and you can wait till 870 before you start collecting. It, that's another way you know you have enough money and you're going to be comfortable. Social Security plus your required minimum distributions out of your IRA accounts cover all your costs. You work because you want to, not because you have to. If you do that, then you know you'll probably have a good retirement. Your medical costs are just Medicare and supplemental insurance. In other words, you don't have a lot of other medical costs that could eat up all your savings. That's how you know. There's other things you can, you know, you can ask yourself, but that's how you know. I thought that was a good little quick way to determine whether you have enough or not. Okay. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're probably heard, you probably heard me uh, say uh, this more than once. There are really only two emotions driven driving the market, and that's fear and greed. Two. The truth is that many investors experience fear when they are unsure of just how much of their portfolio valuation is put at risk. How much risk are they taking? We talk about that. I'll talk about this a lot. How much risk are you taking? How do you figure that out? We do have a tool on investtalk.com called uh, you know Riskalyze. It's a risk questionnaire. It's very short. Uh, and then we can use those results. Justin and I can use those results to develop a strategy that might work best for you. Or you can develop a strategy. But at least you can understand where your where your risk personal risk tolerance is. Anyways, we're now live. Questions can be asked right now. Live, I'll answer them. Give us a call, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. The economy is strong, mortgage rates are at or near historic lows, and the housing and real estate market is calling you. But just how can you, how should you become an investor in real estate? What is the best course of action based on your financial situation and risk tolerance? Should you consider a vacation rental investment? Or are you better suited for buy and hold transactions? And here's something all investors have to deal with. We are living in a no-yield world. So how can you safely get income from stocks and bonds despite a choppy market? You can register to attend the next KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will lead the event and they'll be joined by two real estate experts and a trust attorney. Get your questions answered efficiently at one time and in one place. Saturday, October 12th in Irvine, California. The KPP Wealth Management Conference. Seating is limited. Register now at investtalk.com. 888-992-4278. Give me a call. Let's talk to Archer in New Jersey. How you doing? Uh, hi, Steve. Um, I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yes, being a regular listener, thank you for doing. I have a general Did question. I, you know, I have invested in a fund. Uh, it's a Franklin Dynatac. It's a Franklin Templeton fund. And uh, it's majority, uh-huh. you know, technology uh, mutual fund. 
my question is, um, I've been up, I've, I've been significantly up over, you know, past a few orders in this one. And I'm wondering, you know, the way the market's performing and the stocks are, tax stocks are taking the beating, it might, whether it might be a good time to move away from some of the technology, you know, funds and, and move them into, uh, you know, uh, utilities or, or, or consumer staple funds. Um, and whether it, prob- it's it probably is that. a... The- no, it's not too late. It's probably a good idea if you're over-concentrated in tech. Tech's done very well. And this is one of the mistakes many people make, Archer, is that when something does very well for a long term, they, for a very long time, which tech has, they seem they seem to think that they forget that there's going to be really tough times at some point in the future. So the smart thing would be to take some of that huge profits you make off the table and move it to something that it may be a bit more stable when the tough time comes for tech stocks. We we really have, you know, tech stocks are just starting to look tough. You know, that, that the difficult, they're starting to show some cracks in their veneer of strength. So uh, I, I, you could easily, they could easily go down fast. And by the time that happens, it's too late. You might as well just stay with them. You can't, you can't be fast enough, you know, to get out. So I would cut back. I don't know if I'd completely out, but I certainly would cut back on my tech exposure. I really would. And I would suggest you move to the value side. Consumer staples are good. Utilities are good. Or just, you know, a value fund, you know, as opposed to a growth fund, a large cap value. Archer, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. It is Friday. I want to fit in as many callers as I can today. Here's one that came in early, 888-99-CHART. Hi, it's Rudy calling from Orlando, Florida. And I just had a question about timing of buying dividend stocks during the dividend cycle. It seems that lots of times they drop in value right after they've declared a dividend, and then maybe they rise back up over time. And I just wondered, if was there a rule of thumb? Is it best to buy it? before the dividend, after the dividend, or does it all kind of balance out? So thank you. I'll listen on the podcast. I appreciate it. Okay. They do They do tend to balance out. So uh, I kind of like to stay away from an ex-dividend date. In other words, the dividend is going to pay tomorrow. I don't want to buy that stock today. I like to wait for a couple of weeks afterwards. Or if I, it's a month away, for the dividend's a month away, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. I'd go ahead and buy it. Uh, try to remember when that stock pays the dividend, whatever, let's say it's 30 cents or a dollar per share, the stock price will drop that exact same amount of money. In other words, if the stock was $66 a share and tomorrow they're going to pay a dollar a dividend, that stock will open up the day after or tomorrow at $65 a share. One dollar less because you're getting that dollar in the form of a dividend. So don't mis- don't mis- mistake that as the fall of the stock because you're really not losing anything. You're getting the dollar. Now there is what we call buy the rumor, sell the news. That's that is the rumor the dividend's been come out and then. You buy the stock people while that rumor you don't know what it is yet and everything else. But when it actually does come out, you sell it. So it's buy the stock, sell and buy the rumor, sell the stock, uh, sell the news. So that tends to be true, but it's not reliable enough for you to, to to use it as a method to do anything. So the answer is no. I, I don't think you should pay too much attention to it. You know, just because it's coming out with a dividend tomorrow. 
Okay, let's keep things moving. Here's another caller question. Do we have another one out there? 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. This is Matt in Cleveland. I was wondering if I could get your opinion on Brookfield Asset Management, BAM, as a very long-term growth position. I'm really interested in buying this company, but I'm not really sure about their return on equity in particular. Thank you for your time. I'll listen on the podcast. Okay, Brookfield Asset Management uh, A shares... Global Alternative Asset Manager with over $250 billion in assets under management. Well, it's an alternative asset manager. So it's not necessarily in stocks. It could be in all kinds of different uh, exotic instruments. So um, they are growing their sales 20, 25% for the last four quarters each quarter growth. Uh, Earnings are going to be 331 this year down from 435 last year. Then bounce up a little bit, $3.48 next year. The stock is $53. So at that price, $3.48, that means it's, you know, what? 15, 18 on the PE. So 34 plus 10. Yeah, 15, 18 PE. And the five year range is 8 to 19. So it's right near its high. And the return on equity is 12%. 12% is not a bad number. Not great, but it's not bad. Cash flow is very high. So it's a pretty decent stock, but it's had a really good run. I would not buy it. You would be chasing this. I mean, at the beginning of the year, the stock was at well, a little over $36. Today, it's $53.95. Done nothing but move up. Don't chase it. Don't, don't chase any stocks. It's not a smart thing to do. Now, have you heard about Neighbor? It's like Air, Airbnb for, for all your stuff. Neighbor is out to disrupt self-storage. Neighbor is a two-year-old company that connects homeowners online with people who have or need storage space. Its CEO says the company is already seeing 500% annual growth. Homeowners can advertise space and set their own prices. Although the website offers guidelines, listings are now in 48 states and the District of Columbia. And it's going international, too. Kind of interesting concept, huh? Neighbor has not disclosed revenue, but last year it raised $2.5 million and is currently in the midst of another funding round. What do you think of that idea? I don't know. Seems like it might work. I don't know. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. This is Vestalk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here. Let's help you achieve financial freedom. We'll continue to do that right after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm wondering what out there is going to work better over the next 20 years than buy and hold. You're the best person to ask it at 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, the $47 trillion death sentence for oil and gas. One expert says the future of hydrocarbons is bleak if 130 international banks get their way. That story, Monday. But now, Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Chris in Walnut Creek. How you doing, Chris? I'm good. How you doing, Steve? 
I'm good, and I appreciate your call. Uh, first, I want to thank your show. Really appreciate it, and um, really educational. So, my okay. question is: single, uh, single S and H, senior housing property. What do you think about them? And that's I like the. Uh, I do like this, the uh, the uh, REITs that are in the uh, senior housing area, and this is one of them. There's there's a number of them. There's a handful of them. Uh, this is SNH, Senior Housing Properties, uh, out of Massachusetts. It's a REIT that owns and acquires and leases senior housing properties in 42 states in Washington, D.C. Now, they have slowed their sales in the last couple of quarters, 3 to 5%. So it's not big. But their growth never was that big anyways. It was always same same area, 3 to 5% growth. So it's one of those things that it, they're, they're a little bit interest rate sensitive. And since the Fed has reduced the rates, this one has started to move back up. It pays a 6.5% dividend. They're going to make a $1.23 per share. Remember, it's a REIT, so it has to pay 90% of that out in the form of the dividend, right? So it's got to pay um, dollar nine times two, dollar what eighteen, dollar two, dollar three, whatever that is, uh, per share out in the form of dividend. And if it does that, that's about a ten percent, a ten percent dividend yield on the current stock price. So I kind of like it, Chris. I kind of like where it is. I like the chart. Is, 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 that, is it sustainable that dividend or? Yes, it is. Um, they, they, it is sustainable um, because their earnings have been pretty steady. They have, their earnings has gone as high as a dollar eighty-eight a share back in two thousand sixteen. Now it's a dollar twenty-three, but it's probably gonna, that's probably a low. If I, I'm thinking that it's not going to go much low below that, it could if the earnings fall. But with interest rates coming down again, I, I think the earnings actually will start to perk up again so so i kind of like it chris appreciate the call thank you that was snh everybody s n h okay some of the scams that are out there that you got to pay attention to and all these scams are directed toward older people right of course that includes me right <laughs> and but what's really f- interesting is 50 percent of older people over 65 or older are unaware of these types of scans these are the kinds of scans that are invoice scams that's when they, you get sent a bill and you pay it. You think it's a bill you owe, and it's not. Prepaid credit cards. You buy this, they'll give you a prepaid credit card of $100, and it'll only cost you $30 to buy it. So, you know, why would you do, That's You know, it doesn't make sense, but people buy it. Romance scams. I know this happens to, to people I know personally. Uh, pigeon drop scam. Have you ever heard of that one? And this is one where money is found and you just have to pay a fee and you'll help them get the money and they're going to share it with you. But it's going to cost you a fee. You know, it's going to cost it. They need to, they need to do the paperwork and the paperwork costs, you know, $800. But if you help me with it, I can get $50,000. You know, if I do the paperwork and I'll give you 10 of it. See, pigeon drop. So those are just some of the scams. There's more. But those are some of the known scams that are out there. So be very, very careful. Um, Okay, number one job, number one best job based on 
job satisfaction and salary. The salary is $108,000 a year. The number one job, what do you think that is? It's data, data scientists. You know how many opens they have for data scientists? Right now, 6,500 openings. Nursing managers, number two, $83,000. There's 13,931 job openings. Marketing manager, 7,000 opening. Occupational therapist, 17,000 openings. Product manager, 12,000 openings. And these jobs all pay the lowest is 75,000, the highest is 115. Lots of jobs out there right now. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin will be here on Monday. I will return on Tuesday. And of course, which will have a hard-to-believe calendar date, October 1st. It's already October 1st. Have a great weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.